You're not wired to have a response to this sound. You're neutral to it, and you can hear it repeatedly without feeling anything. But when we introduce a new stimulus, save the food, we've achieved pulling a natural or inborn response from you. Save the food, because 40% of all food in the US never gets eaten. Save the food, cook it, store it, share it, just don't waste it. For tips and recipes, visit savethefood.com, brought to you by NRDC and the Ad Council. Feed me more. Welcome to Conversation with the Big Guy. I am the Big Guy Ryback, and I'm sitting with one Pat Buck. I guess uh, I'm here again. We, we're back in doing our formal introductions. Last show got off the, the rails a little bit, but we're uh, hoping we could have redone that. But you just going on the fly. Oh, so they want to. They don't want to hear. You know, it's like my Snapchat where I botch and just. <laughs> I'm like fuck it. No, I, I think that. Uh, Unlike other podcasts, I mean, I don't know if there's many podcasts. <laughs> right now, we have about 12 empty beer bottles. I'm going, I'm, <laughs> I drink them like water. It's, I know. I'm like, okay, I could have, one, I'll have two more and I'll be good. I could sit and drink between 20 and 30 beers and like, this be fine. Yeah. Like, not, and obviously I'll feel buzz, but like, I can, yeah. So, like, last time we just kind of like went off the cuff and kind of talked about our things. And this podcast will be very AD like, but we have an idea where we're going today. You know, right now, we have a very good message with this one. Yeah, we're we're, we're just kind of uh, we're trying to figure out what to say because last time we we had this podcast, we uh, or last time we had a recording session because we're not going to lie, we record this all in what, you live in Vegas, I'm in yeah. New Jersey, New York. We got to get uh, together and once in a while we sit down. We're like, we have to get drunk and record a bunch of bullshit, and hopefully you guys like it and click listen on iTunes and subscribe on Stitcher and all that jazz and leave a review. You please. Just fucking do it. There's a there's thousands the of cause. you, tens of thousands of people that listen to this show. Leave a fucking review, <laughs> please. There's only like thirty reviews so far, but uh, we see the listens and we're appreciative towards it. But anyway, I'm one of those guys that would never leave a review either, like on anything <laughs> or do shit. something. And the people, like, can you please like do a questionnaire <laughs> and just hang up? There was one review that just put you didn't say anything about me, but just put you over to the moon, and it was funny because it said not Ryback. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm notorious for, which that time I was that really on there? That was odd. So I was like, oh, he put up his own review. It was like Ryback's great, Ryback's this, Ryback's that, and then not from not Ryback. And I, like, I oh. always do that with. I swear to God, that was that. I did not do that one. Wow, because I've done that as a joke with us before on other things, and like I've done it with other buddies of mine where like they'll ask me to leave a review. And <laughs> <laughs> so leaving a review helps, guys. It helps the algorithm algorithm of this podcast and uh i don't know so we're we're questioned we wanted to get we had some fan questions i believe there's nothing more brutal than some of the tweets that you get i get some oh fucking off the wall tweets and uh some people i'll get some very disturbing messages and some some people i'll just as you've noticed lately i'll reply back very positively to you've been on a you've been too nice to the people no but i it's it's you got to remember like i i just when i look at the some of these remarks and then uh, you know you look at them what they got going on in their lives and you're like how unhappy are they right now for them to have to leave that kind of comment because something like that never even crosses my mind and i talk about this in my book coming out in november the wake up it's feeding time like and I have a whole chapter on social media. Well, I'm going to plug the book if I'm going to. No, no, no. I just, this whole thing's to plug our bullshit. It's, I mean, really, it's, that is the whole point of the podcast. Yeah. Buck. Uh, no, and in, in, in reaching out to the people and talking, but it's social media. You never see anybody of who's had any certain level of success. Yeah. Going on social media, going on 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 message boards and on YouTube and Instagram and and leaving negative comments. You know why? Because they're doing stuff with their lives. They are living their lives rather than living their lives through other people. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a very, very, very important thing. And 
some of the people that leave these comments, I feel like they just need help. They don't, you can't, and, and, and replying back with hate and negativity is not going to help anything. Um, and, and, and while that's the natural personal way to take it where you really, you know, like, fuck you, mm-hmm. it, it really doesn't achieve anything. And so that I've kind of taken to just trying to, there's certain ones and I, and I don't know all of them and, and a lot of people I'll block and, and forever you are out of my world and I'm not going to deal with you. Well, you're a better man than I, uh, you know, uh, you actually told me about one of the techniques that you use. I think you should talk about that. That's great. There's, there's, well, there's one that's really, I don't know if I've told you about one of the techniques. I, which one did I tell you about? About their job. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I so, think this is great. Uh, as <clears throat> not only think just twice hope, before sending negative comments to Pat. Oh, Huck. don't, don't leave anything bad on the old wrestler pro <laughs> Facebook page <laughs> because I've done I've done this twice. And um, where people there, there's a if if you say something, Facebook or Twitter or whatever, um, if someone's creative with their insult, insult, I'll laugh. I, yeah. I, I really, I really, pre- I'll retweet it if it's fucking yeah. really bad. Doesn't mean go you can out. Tell of your when way. there's humor in it, when they're trying to just get a reaction, and when there's sure a little more personal. But then there's like, uh, I'll, I'll say this for example, my last show at uh, <clears throat> at WrestlePro, WrestlePROonline.com. Uh, we had Flair on, and Flair was cool enough to do a video for us. Granted, we fucking paid him for it, but uh, <laughs> so he he did, this, he did this fucking promo, and it was great. And he plugged our show, and one guy was a real piece of shit. Was just like you know, hang it up and die already, and yeah. uh, you know, like I think that was it. Hang it up and fucking die already. Yep. And I read that, and I'm like, okay, there, there, there's a, like you know, and and if it's a shitty tweet, but like or. Facebook comments, a lot of them I'll let slide, but for some reason, like that fucking bothers. Sometimes me. their face just really fucking annoys, annoys you too you more than anything. Fucking face. Sorry, but it's the truth. So I click on this guy's profile, and he happens to work at Sears. Yeah, I'm like, okay, cool, uh, buddy. Works at Sears. I'm I'm going to message the corporate office at Sears and go, hey. My name is Pat Buck, and I run a company called WrestlePro. And I'd, I'd like you to let you know that one of your employees is writing about uh, a you know a well-respected performer that happens to be coming in for mine and telling him that he should die. Leaving I just want- very immature comments, but going out into society and supposedly having a normal job and functioning as functioning as a normal adult, but acting this way behind a computer screen on social yeah. media, which is totally inappropriate. It's, it's almost like grow up. I think a lot of yeah. people just think that the internet's not a real thing and they're, they don't match their avatar in person that they're just, Oh, I can do and say whatever the fuck I feel without any repercussions. Well, no. And I've, I've written to that and I've gotten responses from people like, Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll look into this matter. So, so if you're going to be a thorn and, you know, watch everyone start shit talking, but no, no, but like, uh, I think it's great. I think though there should be repercussions and a lot of it in, there's not a lot of times, which is why people do it. And and because they're not held accountable for their actions. And, um, it's like, why do it? Why be a piece of shit? Why? Like focus on yourself, live your life and just be the best version of yourself. And you should never have to sit there. If someone bothers you or you hate somebody so much, don't think about them. Don't be going on their page stalking their page looking for different things to make comments on and uh, a lot of it's a lot of it just very immature kids that just don't know better and it comes from bad parenting quite frankly and and there's a lot of it out there and and then there's others where they're grown adults just acting like kids and it's like come on guys like there was one tweet i saw about the podcast where someone just wrote like and it, it had me in it that's the only reason why i saw this and I was like, oh, Ryback has a podcast, and it was a a uh, a gif, a GIA. I don't know if it's gif or jif, whatever you want to say, of of just of Britney Spears making like a like a like a snotty face. I'm yeah. like, you're a grown fucking forty year old man, yeah. and you're taking the time to de- to have a little computer clip of an of Britney Spears responding to two professional wrestlers making a fucking podcast. Just, By the way, he's like, listening right now because he's a yes, fucking mark. Just, just, and you want to say help these, and you're a better man than I, but I just fucking, I don't know. Part yeah. of me wants to say end your life, but it's, 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 it's it is uh, what it is. But, I know what you mean. It's, and we all, and especially, you know, in being in the WWE and you anybody, guys got to have thick skin. Yeah. Everybody. It is seriously. And the more success you have, it is and the worse it gets. And, um, it's just one of those things. It's, you can't take it personal. And I've had people that 
that have come up to me in person and, oh, man, you blocked me three years ago. It's the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. And I, I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like, just And for me to block someone, you have to say something pretty. Someone messaged me saying, hey, Ry- Ryback blocked me two years ago. Yeah. But please let him know that I love what you guys are doing on the podcast. Yeah. I have people all the time that will, can you unblock me? You blocked me. I didn't say anything, but I go, if I blocked you. You did something. Yeah. You fucking it, try to get someone's attention. I don't have your name by by chance yeah. there's there's a there's a completely good reason for it so and i never i never i never reverse it once you're blocked you're blocked so you're looking dead any, you have any good uh any good uh tweets any good questions any good comments Let's take a look here on some of the questions we have here on the big guys feed in the the first one uh from the orca orca at ryback 22 do you think you could wrestle a whale I am a whale, and I wish to wrestle you. That's not a bad question at all. Uh, this is uh, great. So could you, could you, could you wrestle? <laughs> Quite frankly, the orca, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was your dream job uh, before sports entertainment? Uh, growing up, I loved baseball, and I come from a baseball family. My grandfather played baseball. My mom's brother, my uncle, Randy St. Clair. Pitched for the Montreal Expos, was the pitching coach for the Nationals. Really? Yeah. Uh, pitched for the Atlanta Braves in the World Series during the 90s there. Wait, what was his name? Randy St. Clair. Wow. And uh, so I come from a baseball family, and uh, that was kind of the first like sport that I learned as yeah, a kid. Yeah, yeah, And um, that, to me, I didn't think wrestling was a real job for the longest time. Like, okay. as a kid, I didn't think you grow up to become a professional wrestler. Baseball, though... I played baseball. That was like the number one thing that I did. Sure. And uh, I always thought that I was going to be a baseball player for for the longest time as a kid. So um, to answer that question, it was definitely it would definitely be a baseball player on that. For me, it was a Power Ranger. That's what that's that's, that's what <laughs> I, I really wanted. It. I was like, all right, which okay. one? Uh, green. Green okay. was by far actually legit story because um, I was terrible at baseball growing up. I was terrible at basketball, and that was the only main sports we had in Queens, like yeah. as far as my school. And then uh, my dad, who who then ended up not loving me anymore, put me in. We'll uh, get into that. We'll, we'll, <laughs> uh, put me in karate. Put me in taekwondo, yeah. and I, I excelled. And I only went into did that. You get, did you get any belt to that or no? I'm a black belt. Are oh, yeah. you really? Yeah, I'm, I'm a legit. Uh, I almost had my second degree, but I'm beyond. I'm. A, I don't know why. I thought that was a total gimmick and over. Like, were you? No, man. That, that because I'm, you would use some of that from time I, to time. Kick the shit out. I, I did a couple things. To, you know, a couple. Uh, a couple I apologize. I was supposed to watch your match tonight, and I got into a conversation with Santino Morello, who so, I have not seen in some time. Let's get through this real quick. <laughs> my, my 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 best friend here, Ryback, uh, is on. Uh, we're on an indie show together. I watched my one match for the day, by the way, <laughs> during cardio. I at least watched one match every day, so I did not feel required to watch. So I'm like, oh, this is kind of fucking cool. We're on the same show. Um, and you're, you're going to be wrestling. Actually, we're going to be doing your first match together coming up soon. Yeah. But, uh, you weaseled your way into that one. I did. I got I to gotta get over, bro. <laughs> I'm here permanently, man. This is my, I'm, I'm Jerry Lawler in New York, <laughs> Memphis. And, uh, so anyway, um, but yeah, I was like, oh, I had this cruiserweight match with uh you know alex reynolds and john silver and you're like oh you're, you're up next i'm like yeah and then when i came back you're like i saw none of it <laughs> i was very honest about it but santino like i heard i saw you go out and we started talking and and i was i got to get to where the mod i wanted to go upstairs and actually watch yeah. and and we just got to talking and i haven't seen him in a while outside i saw him earlier at the signing today we were beside each other but we got to talking about things and he's showing me pictures of different things and we're catching up and all the meanwhile i'm trying to like get to the monitor but i had no oh, i eventually about halfway through gave up and just like i'm missing the entire match it sounded good though so i hope it did <laughs> tonight was great you came right up to me and like i just felt horrible i had like, i had a feeling too. people were coming up to you yeah, yeah, yeah. over about the match it was, it was a hell of a match <laughs> that I didn't see, and uh, and I had nothing to contribute, and I couldn't, like, I wasn't going to attempt to lie or bullshit about it. So a lot of guys will do that. Like, oh, that was great, man. Yeah, yeah. that's the worst. It dude. is the worst. Um, What'd you like about it? So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Power Ranger stuff. So anyway, like, I was in a martial art, and the only reason why I wanted to do it is because of X, one, two, three, kid. Did you get picked on as a kid a lot or no? Uh, mixed. Being a redhead growing up, I was. Uh, that can't be easy. No, you're you're kind of in a. You're being a ginger, 
you get you made fun of a little bit, but it, it wasn't Which more is so, so stupid when you think about it. Like, it, it, and it's something I tried hiding. I would always dye my hair, and I'd always. I've noticed a lot of redheads. I feel like too. We it's, try to hide it, yeah. And um, so they put me in in, and I excelled, and I was fucking good. Um, trained uh, diligently, it was got really really far. One time in Manhattan, sound like went, me talking about my boxing lessons when I would put myself <laughs> over. When, sorry, keep going. But I was I, legit. This was my thing. I sucked at every other sport. Yep. Taekwondo was my thing, and then um, they were having Power Ranger an audition because they were going to have the White Ranger. Yeah, I was twelve years old at the time, and I went to the audition. And there's like hundreds of people there, and you had to do like different demonstrations with martial arts and weapons and stuff like that, and uh, different fucking karate sequences. And uh, they didn't take any of us. They just used the Green Ranger. He became the White Ranger after. But uh, I did audition to be a Power Ranger when I was 12 years old. Okay. So, But uh, now we're a fucking shitty pro wrestler, and I throw f- fake punches and kicks. Fake kicks. And I promote people throwing. By the way, tonight my... <laughs> Sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, I don't want to cut you off. The kick? You got to go, 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 go. Yeah, yeah. But so tonight on, on for House of Hardcore, I did a surprise appearance uh, going out there where uh, Meat Hook and Kurt Hawkins... After he turned on the crowd and uh, Hornswoggle uh, was just going to do a thing where I, you know, hit him with a shell shock. And he <laughs> so but he was he was supposed to try to, like, walk away to get away. And then yeah. I was going to grab him. Well, that never happened. So in, we were doing there and I'm like, I'm just going to do a feed me more at him. And I'm going to fucking give him the old boot before the stunner. So, you know, so yeah, to yeah, speak. Yeah. And uh, I give him the boot. And he just fucking takes a flat back and lands on his back. And he goes, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and I'm just, what, a, what the fuck are you doing? Like, God damn it. Like, this is all we have to do. And like, nothing looks worse than taking a boot to the stomach. I mean, I guess it's not that they bad. They called it the Brooklyn Brawler Bump. The bu- yeah, the Brawler Bump. And, uh, and then he sandbagged me as I had to throw him up. He's the heaviest fucking Was little guy. Was that heavy? Oh, no, I'm... Okay, so no, but yes. Yeah. When you uh, and I've had to like carry him drunk before on on a few different nights, uh, and there's <laughs> pictures of me and Ziggler, which I will actually post for this episode. Okay. Of holding his hand on each side, walking him to the car to drive him to his hotel because he was just so intoxicated, and um, and that reminded me of that tonight. There was another time in Miami in WrestleMania before. I think I I debuted like two nights later, and that was like. Brock debuted on that Raw, then I debuted on SmackDown after WrestleMania in Miami, whatever year that yeah. was. And uh, we went out one night, me, him, and Papa Bear, Hawkins' friend, and uh, Papa Bear, shout He's out to you. He's going to fucking, oh, Papa I Bear's I just signed an autograph and gave him a chain to hang in his police car. You should see, you should see baby Papa Bear. He's, From Enterprise to police officer. Very proud of you, Papa Bear. He's very lo- He has a very adorable son, too. Uh, three, PC3, I think. Congratulations, to Papa Bear. And I look forward to to reacquainting with you very soon. But we went out one night and uh, Hornswoggle obviously uh, had a little too much to drink again. Sure. I had to carry him around on my back, <laughs> like the wasteland position. And Hawkins has a picture, which we could post also, of me looking like I'm going to give him the wasteland. But I had that was the only way to carry him sure. because he's so bottom heavy. His ass is just 150 pounds of weight. Of dead weight and uh, and obviously he's not built like a, a typical person. The weight is distributed in a more condensed sure. area. So uh, that happened tonight. Which, by the way, I saw the photo of me. They took of me on Snapchat. Like, yeah. I was telling you this. Like, so I've I went from being on the road and and coming off and coming off my TRT, my testosterone replacement therapy, mm-hmm. which I was on for five years, and it kept me in the mid normal range and on the road with inconsistent sleep patterns and, and this and that. And, and it, it's an easy way to keep normal testosterone levels and not have to worry about it. Okay. Suffering from low testosterone before for five years before. So coming off that and getting my testosterone, like there was a period though, where like you, my testosterone, it's it shut down and then it's coming back. Yeah. It's not staying at what it was obviously through the supplementation. So like, and then I had the surgeries and didn't work out for six weeks. Mm. All that happened on top of each other, which I was like, I had to, I'm 34. Like I, I want to eventually meet a lovely lady and settle down and have a family and have kids. And like, it's sure I have to get that in order, order now, which by the way, and whether he likes me talking about this or not, do you remember when Hunter, 
went through that period of looking pretty shitty on TV. And, and I've, he has one of the all time greatest physiques, I think back when like, sure. and like, but there was a period where I always remember, I don't know if the rumor oh, was like, he was, was trying to have the, kids. Okay. But so I remember there was a period where his body was a little was, softer. Yeah, was, yeah. And he still looked great. Yeah. But in, when you're in wrestling spandex and tight, they bring out the worst. And sure. Like, and you're out there breathing heavy. And I remember there was a period where he didn't look quite as good as what he had before. So I feel like I went through that period myself of, even though I stayed relatively lean the entire time, I lost some muscle mass okay. and cause I wasn't working out either for six weeks. I couldn't, I wasn't allowed to do anything after the ear and nose surgery. And so I'm just now, my weight is just now coming back and like I'm back to lifting normal and whatnot. So I, is this all because of that picture you just saw? Yeah. This picture, <laughs> this is true. No, no, no. Let me, let me put this. These fucking big guys have this mentality I saw this picture. I'm like, fuck, man, you look really, really shredded. I showed to you, and you're like, that's the fucking worst picture I've ever seen. Yeah. And it's like, I'm like, I don't know what, what the fuck you're talking about, but like, you, there's, there's the certain, the big guy type, whatever. It's the, almost like the opposite of, of anorexia. Of, yes. Yeah. It's like a body dysmorphic yeah. kind of thing where like you see that and like you go through, and I'm like, dude, I would fucking stab somebody to have a picture like that. I'm pinching my, uh, Somebody told me tonight, like, oh, you're built like Finn Balor, but you have love handles. I'm like, oh, oh that's fucking. <laughs> I would have, I would have went into the back and like... shot myself after that comment. <laughs> if I would have had a gun, I would, I would have done that. But uh... which, by the way, I have. I'll, I'll tell this story another time. It was with Santino, by the way, mm -hmm. when I came back as Skip Sheffield after my ankle surgery, and I couldn't coming off the road off all that, and I wasn't couldn't do any cardio. My ankle, like, we'll get into all that eventually in another yeah. later episode. But I just went back on the road after have not had didn't have a match in a year and a half, and I wrestled Alex Riley, and I was in the trunks, and I remember Santino. Everyone's like, "Oh, we can't wait to see you with your shirt off." So that's like, I was. It was after my um, coming off fat burners, okay, and my thyroid was shut down for a few months before I went back on the road, and I had developed like the old Ric Flair love handles, uh, and for me, I'd never had that before. Yeah, yeah. So like, but I was lean everywhere else, but like, it developed right there. Story of my life, yeah. And Santino was like, oh, I can't wait to see, because he's always kind of like, he'll put you over. He's like, the best. But he'll tell you the truth, like yeah, he'll he just will. point blank. And I was like, ah, Santino, I got some love handles now. He's like, ah, oh, shut up, you've always been ripped, you've always been ripped. And I come out of my trunks and fucking try to get my confidence. I've been out a year and a half. I'm nervous. Like, this is a my, my ankles okay, fucking yeah. wobbly still. Like, it had no business even wrestling at this point. And he goes, Oh, you weren't lying. You got, you got love oh, handles. Oh, no. I wanted nothing more than just go in the back, get changed, and get, just go home. So, but that's kind of it's. I've always just been, I, there's so much work that goes into this. And, and when you don't like, like don't take anything, it's, it, you have to be on point with your diet. But in coming off that and going through that is a process, but I'm mentally tough enough and strong enough to go through that now. Uh, but I still, I'm not at my best. I yeah. feel like, so I always want to exceed expectations. That, All right. Yeah. Not that, that, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Tangent, but Somehow, before we started this podcast, we had an idea of where we're going, and we totally went off that direction. I don't know if you remember the subject we were going to talk about. All right, if we want to get back to it. How um, uh, time-wise, where are we at? I think we're only 10 minutes in. <laughs> no, we're uh, 22 minutes in, so we got a, a bit more time to kill. And, uh, Not kill. I think that what we what we want to talk about tonight is... Very important. Like I talked about, it's more than just wrestling on this. And um, we'll just say it. we want we want to talk about family. Yeah, we're, we're I like, think families, you know, beyond um, important. And it's something that is we all come from different backgrounds, and we all have different stories and, and different relationships. And it all kind of stemmed. I was telling you about the interview I did with my good friend Joe Peroni, who was a marriage counselor and bodybuilder in Las Vegas, and was one of the first guys. Uh, when I was nineteen twenty, working at Gold's Gym, um, that I just had a positive influence on me. Who I kind of I never really have had a role model or anyone I've looked up to. Okay, if that makes so sense. You've it, known this dude for a while. Yeah, and he's oh, he was ve just a very intelligent guy, and um, he always would drop little golden nuggets of wisdom on me, and was just somebody um, 
I've, I've remained in contact with over the years. And I did his radio show in Vegas this weekend and we were just, we were just bullshitting afterwards. And he was telling me about like, he's just such a great guy and like, but he has the worst relationship with his father. It's like where he's just much different than his dad. And sure. It just got me to thinking about like my relationship with my family, your situation with your family. And not everybody comes from a great family. Most people don't come from a great family. And I, I think you're on to something here because I think that uh, we wanted to talk about this because we've had, we've had a crazy day around a lot of eccentric people. I mean, that's yeah. pro wrestling in a nutshell, but I've found, and you probably have actually seen this probably more than I am. I've known from the boy. I mean, our, we both had the equal amount of experience being around all the guys and yeah. everything, but from the fans more so, I feel like people that are drawn to professional wrestling have some sort of family issues. Yeah, absolutely. I, I dare a lot of the guys in the business. We come from broken homes yeah. or there's some sort of substantial family issue that is not quote the nor. I know no one has a really normal family, but I'm talking about there's something like there's just something that's more substantial than a typical person. Yeah. It's and for me, all the self-development books and, and just learning what I have over the years and, and see, and we all, it's funny. Like when you're younger, you try to, you like everyone's so hellbent on kind of like proving themselves and getting away from their family. But it's, I think as you get older and, and I think it needs, it, it shouldn't be that way. It should just be this way all the time. Family is the most important thing in life. Yeah, absolutely. Bar none. But, but, but to go, go into that. I mean, for the years we've, we've known going back to, I don't know, 2006. So 10 years ago, roughly. And, uh, I don't know if family was a priority back then yeah. for, for, for either of us. No, you know, we were just kind of like trying to make our, make our path. Yep. And then as time goes on, you start realizing like, oh shit, no matter, I don't know, no matter what craziness happens, you still, we've both, and I, th I think it's worthwhile talking about, it's not trying to be preachy in a sense, but it's more so like, uh, kind of speak about the importance of, um, just the family unit and kind of having that core yeah. base and building it around people because one us as individuals, I feel like need it, but also it's, it's just important to kind of, I don't know. It's like our duty almost to yeah. do so. I know for me, I was gone from seven years in developmental and, uh, and went home sparingly over that curtain for a lot of wrestlers, especially guys that come over from like from the UK and just different countries. They don't, I mean, they family. leave everything behind. Yeah. But I mean, for you, did you feel, okay. Cause you were, there that whole time did you feel guilty leaving? absolutely okay it was because it feels very selfish too because i'm but i'm trying to go and live this dream at the time and um and, and living you know all the way across the country were they supportive yeah very supportive but it, it it was i remember when i first moved to deep south wrestling when i drove and i got there i was there for two weeks and i remember we the, the school wasn't even built yet I wasn't even there two weeks. And I had to go fly home. Really? To, yeah, because my dogs sick. and like Roxy at the time, my my pit bull at the time, who we've since put down. But mm -hmm. it was like in my in my mom and my dad. I was just like, I was going crazy because it was my first time away from home for yeah, an extended yeah, yeah. period of time, and, and it's it's a real issue that a lot of the guys have to deal with. But just we all come from different families, and and there's some people out there that. It, uh, well, whether how, I mean, if you want to talk about it, how was your family life? I mean, people may not my know. family life. I so growing up was uh, coming from a, a very solid, really good middle class family. I feel like my dad was a bartender all his life. He's now retired. Okay. My mom, she stayed at home and raised us and then eventually worked jobs at different casinos and whatnot throughout the years. And, um, and obviously, you know, they had fights here and there about sure. things. And, and but it was. We had great Christmases. We had great holidays. And I have very fond memories of my childhood, which is why I want to buy my childhood house back. Um, so do I. Same yeah, thing. It's one really of my do. main goals. Like um, which, you know what, by the way, that I have not put that on a board, which okay. needs to be done this week. So thank you for reminding me on that. Because it's always just been in my head. And I've gone, I drive by all the time. and um, I drove by mine, literally. Because, uh, where's it at? In Queens. Okay. So... Uh, I went back to 
um, this is why kind of partly why we talk about this. I think it's really important. The, the memories from growing up. So yep. I'm, I'm driving by my old house and I look and the house next door is for sale. And I'm just like, fuck, like teetering on, you know, doing that. But it's not the same. It's not. Yeah. My, no, you need your house. house. You need, you need my, the one. You need my fucking house. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I I've gone and walked through my house. Actually, within the last couple of years, okay. there was somebody they weren't. No one was living there. Oh, it's really hard to find him. My sisters tried to look, and there's like not a for sale sign out there. But no one's living there. A, but it, someone is now since moved okay, in. Okay, okay. But they've had multiple people there over the years, and it's in a rundown neighborhood. But I walking through that house brought back so many memories, and it was mind blowing. Like I always remembered the house being so much bigger than it was, mm-hmm. and then it seeing like the actual size in it. And it, but it was a great house, and. Um, I want to get it back and I want to fix it up and I'm going to, it's going to happen. Like I already know it's going to happen, but it's, uh, my family has been like, I feel like that's so like a lot of our parents too. One of the things I feel it's important to talk about is everything that we know is essentially what we're taught by our parents when we're kids and what they were taught is from their parents. They were taught. And, and, or whoever raised them during their childhood and, and they have it. I feel like our generation is more prone to looking outside of that. I know I was to trying to, to create my own life and not just what I was told, but figuring things out on my own Yeah, as well. I feel like this generation is a little more open to that than they were. Like I know my mom and dad, um, and like I told you before, I moved my mom in about a year ago from New York, she was, I don't want to say she was struggling or anything like that, but I'm living in this huge house. I, but I remember you saying, I mean, because I think a lot of people relate to the fact that there's going to be, sometimes there's tension between family absolutely. members. And um, I remember, not. I don't want to say there was tension, but there was there, there, there seemed to be some things going on between you and your mom. You're like, yeah. I have to move her in. And I'm like, do you, I'm like, are you sure? That's a big responsibility. Yeah. That, could, that could potentially ruin... You know, that that could that can so, go sour really. Quick. Go sour, and that yeah. could sever your relationship because living together with someone is a totally you know it's a horse of a different color. Yeah, but you did move her in, and from talking with you, it sounds like it's like the best thing you ever did. Yeah, and it was. Uh, I remember contemplating about it for quite a while, and because I didn't always get along with my mom, um, based on just some certain things, and she's she's a great person, and but it would like. Obviously, there's there were some issues on certain things that always bothered me, and it was one of my sisters. She'd moved lived with my sister for a while, and then eventually moved back home. And I'm just looking at it, like I'm on the road four or five days a week, and I have this two bedroom apartment with full kitchen and washer dryer, and like she has her own house within my house. Yeah, and where it's not even like she's living with me, but she's still, you know what I mean. And I. When I had that house built, I had that part added on. Like, okay. so it was almost like, and I, I don't know why I did it, because I could have had that for the gym, like sure. that extra. But I was like, I, I'm going to need this. I don't know why I'm going to need this. I should get this. And things I don't weren't necessarily great with her, and I was just I felt like an asshole. Like I feel like our relationships with our parents, it's up to us to mend those. Sometimes it's not. Sure. I think we look at our parents as we still feel like kids no matter what mm-hmm. with them, even though we're grownups, they're like, we think they're going to fix everything. And cause we're used to that or that just seems like yeah, the yeah. logical thing. And it's not always the case. And I, I've, as I've matured and gotten older, I've realized that it's up to me to try to mend some of these fences and, and reach out in different ways. And, um, that was my way of, of trying to, um, better our relationship Mm -hmm. if it makes sense no no and and moving her in and and i and i don't regret it at all i think it was it's it's just i I feel good having her at home and and being able to help her out she works full time and um eventually she's going to be help you know helping me working for me Mm -hmm. so um and she she's helped me out tremendously being home and um i love my family very very much and it's just you know, if you're out there and you're, you have a relationship with your parents that isn't necessarily ideal, you don't have to wait for them to fix it. You can do it yourself also. So. And, and in a loose sort of way, I remember, um, you know, it seems like it's kind of a small happy ending with you and your mom. 
You know what yeah, I mean? Like, absolutely. And um, just to take from that, I just think it's, we've both, from the, the, the journey we've been on, kind of realized, oh shit, like family, like, you know, because I, I do think we, we're both kind of loners. And then uh, we're, I, like, absolutely. we're like, but you know what? We got to, um, I've, and, you know, uh, come from, I don't know, I come from a small family. I don't know if your family's yeah. small. My mom, my dad, and my sister, Carly, and myself. But, like, to touch on one other thing before. Sure. Because I, I definitely want to talk about your situation. Cause sure. It's, it's, I just pulled I, up an old message. So, yeah. I, I feel like it's uh, very important. And it's something I feel like more. I might have to pass me one of those beers before. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I'm going through them quick. Oh, let me give you a cold one yeah. there. Sorry about that. They. Like the relationship, like my dad, like growing up, like my dad, I always, and I talk about this in my book, like he always, um, you know, he's a full-time bartender, but he, I played baseball and, and soccer when I was younger and then football eventually in high school with baseball. Um, he always took me out and pitched to me and me and my friend Kevin or Kevin Salisbury or Justin Belanger, like my other buddies that play baseball or, or usually me, when he took me, it was usually me and him. And, uh, he would take me out there into one of the local schools and and pitch to me and, and you know and, and hit infield and take practice and I look back and I'm like that was really cool, cool yeah. because he's working eight hours a night thirty minute drive you know what I mean there and back he and put the time extra time in extra time in to help me and, and those develop those athletic skills and spend that time with me and and looking at me like how busy I am now and like mm. like man like it, it was like and you know he was at that time probably the age i am now and i'm like god i can't even throw right now my shoulder's so bad and, <laughs> and what would i do with i i gotta play fetch with my Where, dog and I have to throw underhand how do you excuse me Michelob ultras are coming up but uh <laughs> what um is he the reason why he got into wrestling i mean it's no no he didn't he never liked wrestling so how'd you find it i just why just on your own yeah wow on my own, okay which i feel like it was one of those things i think i came across it's i think they took me to an event like i mentioned before um, when I was around five or six years old, it was we went to a random wrestling event in Vegas where it was Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan, and that stuck pretty, in my mind. Pretty to this, fucking good event. All I remember are the yellow trunks and the black singlet, for, like. But that always is ingrained in my yeah. mind, my first wrestling memory. And I don't think I think it was just they were probably like, "Oh, wrestling's in town. Let's take the kids to something." And, and that guy, I remember yeah. screaming in one of those bullhorns. Yeah, sure. And like just all night just screaming i don't remember anything else yellow and black and, and leaving there you're just hooked yeah okay. and like and, but then there was a gap between me finding it again because it wasn't something i i was so young yeah and then i finally found it on my own and it was just it was non-stop from there but the just he never i feel like he was more of a he's a sports guy he's a guy sure. he watches he watches sports non-stop and uh, you know, he's a Dodger guy. He, he's an LA guy all the way. He's from California. And I'm like, I'm kind of out of the touch. I, I try to catch up with sports here and there, mm -hmm. but I'm just like, so about just staying busy and, and evolving. I tried to get you into fantasy football. Yeah. It's, for anything that just like takes away my time from me just evolving in life. It's like, like I told you, I, but I'm really working on, on being happy now and enjoying my time now in, in, in taking breaks from working all the time. But um, it, it's a mindset and, um, he though, I remember it was, um, we, one argument we got in when, uh, at one point when I was starting to get older was something happened and he got like, he's, he's like me, he'll go from zero to a hundred when he sure. loses his temper. And uh, I've gotten better at controlling that as I've gotten older, but he, uh, he'll just randomly when something pisses him off. And I remember <laughs> this is really funny if, uh, he's listening, he, said something about, I don't know what it was, but he goes, got in an argument, and he goes, and you're goddamn fucking wrestling or something, and like, and I, don't you fucking talk about wrestling, and like, <laughs> grabbed him and threw him against the wall, but I like ripped his shirt off. Oh, no. And I was I was just so angry, like, that, like, don't try to insult me, and, and yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah. it was, and that was the only ever, like, a lot of kids get in fights with their parents. And, At like, what age could you beat up your dad? I don't know. I don't really? know what, I mean, I think at that point, I was pretty... How old were you? Sixteen. Uh, so I remember being a kid. Just so this is very off off the wall. I remember being a kid. And my mom and dad. My mom and dad would get in arguments, and there's some of them would be very heated. Yeah. As all families sure. have arguments, and 
and, and knowing what those were about now and whatnot, and I don't blame my dad at all, but he, he was, he would be extremely angry and we didn't know why. And, uh, I would have to hold him against the wall, uh, as a kid, okay. young, very young. Yeah. And I was able to do it. And he's not a small guy. He no, was no, college no. football with a running back and like Rogers swinging uh, them golf clubs. The, in yeah. The, backyard. the big guy has been strong his entire life. Thank God. And, uh, but yeah, and then that's something I don't know if I should talk about that, but it was <laughs> nothing ever came of it and, uh, and put over my strengths. So it sounds like you had a good, you had a pretty good, you know, pretty it wasn't good. wasn't bad at all, but no, it was, it, sure. I would consider it very, very good. Yeah. But I mean, uh, what's I'm, your story? Oh, uh, it's, it's a little, you have a much different one. I believe it's a little different than that. I mean, growing up, the reason why I'm in wrestling, I psychologically think of my, and I wonder this with fans too. Like, uh, I, I think that if you're really a hardcore, you know, if you're in wrestling, that there, there, there really is something, eh, there's normal people that follow, but I feel like there's some sort of void. I do. And um, my dad, I, my earliest memories of wrestling, I remember my dad and my uncle, he wasn't really my uncle, he was my fake uncle, uh, who's like my dad's friend, but I called him uncle. Um, I remember the first time I saw wrestling was... Uh, a flair versus dusty Rhodes match. And it was on, they were ordering a pay-per-view. Yeah. Apparently my uncle was a real big Mark and, uh, would drag my, my dad was too. And they would, um, watch pay-per-views together and they would take me to shows. And I mean, not just the local fucking shows. My, my family was hardcore where my dad and my uncle were, where we lived in New York. We would travel as far as Baltimore I mean, Maryland, like literally we were on the road watching yeah. fucking shows, Nassau Coliseum, Hartford, Connecticut, uh, Providence, Rhode Island, upstate in Albany. Literally, if there was anything, an independent show, which I like, I remember I went to early ECW when fucking Bubba Ray Dudley was Mongo Vile and Taz, oh, wow. and Taz was the Tasmaniac. I mean, I went to fucking some early stuff before this gets too serious i would just like to say so you are a second generation mark yeah I'm a second. okay <laughs> <laughs> i've yeah. mentioned this and this is a very real thing by the way fan people third generation fourth generation marks like it Holy is shit the very deep level of markism like it is so you are a second generation so i'm a second generation mark. okay cool dude and i'm actually in a couple clips there's like a i don't know if you've ever seen it i was a big the reason i'm in wrestling is ecw that that's what like pull the trigger yeah. i want to be a part of it I'm a, you know, New York, New Jersey guy going to all these shows tonight. It's very ECW like, um, here in the Philly arena. Uh, I'm actually in a couple things as a little kid. Like, I don't know if you've seen the match. It's full. It's Mick Foley versus fucking Terry Funk and Terry fucking gets up and goes, give me a chair. And people start fucking throwing hundreds yeah. of chairs. Yep. I'm in the crowd. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. My dad's you were like, in the crowd for that. He's like, we got to go. Yeah. Who was, uh, by the way, at the signing today. I didn't get a chance to say hello to him. I saw him. Oh, the Funker? Yeah. He's the best. I haven't seen him in a while. So uh, that I'm a, I was a, wrestle, a couple of WrestleManias as a fan, like whatever. So it's it's embedded in me. So, but uh, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know how to, how to get to this. I don't talk to my dad anymore. Um, I remember we've talked about this. Yeah, I got a lovely letter, actually. I've never read this before, but uh, what, what time were you at? We're at 42 minutes. Holy right? fuck. <laughs> Jesus Christ! We this is supposed to be our family. I thought this was five minutes in. Uh, the beers are kicking in. I feel totally fine. I knew we were. I mean, I mean maybe we can. I can kind of sum this up, but basically, like, uh, I would like to talk more about this. I think there's we'll a lot more to going. talk. We can about. keep going. Um, I'm saying even on the next episode. Well, me and my dad were never, never close, and I remember. Uh, you know, he was a very good provider. He was there for my family. Uh, however, he didn't talk to me or my brother. Like, literally did yeah. not talk, which I think is a reason why me and my brother are very quiet or very, you know, withdrawn. A lot of that, too, I've noticed with, with fathers, I feel like, is the relationship with their father that they had. They kind of carry that over to their kids. Kind of, a yeah. A lot of times. And it like it, sometimes it takes two or three generations to make that change where like you're like, oh, I don't like this. You know what I mean? Sure. We can control that, though. I feel like it's up to our generation. But it's up to us to go. My whole point, literally, a lot of the things I do in my life, I kind of think about how my dad would approach things. I go, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do the opposite because I can. Yeah, I don't know if that makes any sense. No, it does. Um, no, but I mean, uh, sometimes I know people listening to this. You're not dealt. You you got a pretty decent. Yeah. You know, by uh, everyone. I, I, 
everyone has different stories and they're dealt different hands. And I've always talked about this. It is, it is up to us to approach it in a positive way and make the best of it and to start our own families. Or if eventually, if you, if you cannot, if it's something that cannot be resolved, you know, it's starting your own family and instilling the values that you want to instill and pass on to the next generation. But, and we'd all, everybody has a different situation and it's, it's, I feel like it's family is so important. And, um, you look at the families that are like, I, like you've, we've talked about this and like, mm-hmm. and your wife has a great family. Yeah. It's I'm very admirable when it's such a good feeling to see that. And it does exist. Sure. And there's some great families out there and it makes me very happy to see that. And we all should strive to have not necessarily that, but, the best relationship that we can with our families. I think you're creating it for yourself, but uh, more so for me after a couple failed. Yeah. A couple. You've done a lot to try to mend the fence. And well, yeah, like uh, for myself, I was like, okay, um, dated a couple girls, you know, things didn't work out. Let me try to fix my family. And I, I didn't have a great hand. Um, Grandma's still kicking. She's 96. She looks great. It's our, the wedding. It's <laughs> our, the wedding. Yeah. She is. Which is completely- nice. A lot of my friends and a lot of her friends were just like, were blown away by her and just the elements of family there because I didn't, we're talking about family and keeping on the subject of family. Um, reason being is because, uh, my mom was the best. She was absolutely wonderful. She's a reason why I have, I have everything I have, why I am the way I am. Yeah. Um, not that I don't know if that's good or bad, but just the fact that she was a very wonderful person and, you know, she passed away early, you know, she passed away at 46 years old, which is scary because I mean, I talked about the blood work stuff. I have to go to an appointment to check to see if I have this breast cancer gene. Not, yeah. not, I'm not playing a violin here, but just to know, like, oh, crap, um, I'm 32 years old. My mom was uh, 35 when she was diagnosed. Yeah. So it's like to know that she, I'm a, a, approaching that age where my mom was sick for it all. So yep. it's pretty wild. I would like to hear more about that on the next episode. Yeah. I think that, yeah, yeah. I think... Uh, this is one of those episodes where I think we need a part two for family. Yeah, and, uh, maybe. It's I think it's a very important issue, and there's so much more to talk about. And uh, like we talked about before, this is it's more than just wrestling, and it's it's real life issues that everybody goes through. And it's I think sharing our personal you know insights and well. I think more so. I'm laughing about this. We won't say names, but we were you know we see a lot of riffraff at this convention. At the show, absolutely, tonight. yes. A lot of different people, not just someone. You know, the, the we not that we expect we expect more from the boys, and we saw a couple of of our you know peers and former peers and people are wrestling, not wrestling, and uh, I won't say who it is, but you made a comment about someone, and you're like, life has defeated them. Yeah, and it was just more so like because you just know that at the core, they're just fucking alone. They yeah. don't have a good. They they, they don't have that. You know, there's no. I I just feel like no matter what kind of shitty situation that you're in, um, even if your current family is the shits, because yeah. it could be, and not not, not that my that. was, but parts of my family were. Yep. You still have a responsibility to create a new one. Yeah. Or create some sort of. I feel like I've surrounded myself with for before my family situation got good. I with people who care about you and friends. love you as friends, yeah. And it's it's your responsibility to do that, you know. Uh, love never goes away, even though you might not get it from the people that you want. There's, you know, we the the ability to love does not just go away. So you you sometimes have to look in other places, and but it is out there. So yeah, so we're we're a couple of, a couple of pro wrestlers talking about family and love. You know what I would like to, before we, we, you know, continue, this is on the last one, but we started this off with some questions. Uh, Let's get back to some fucking humor. (laughs) uh, I would like to just, because there's some go, there's some real golden nuggets here on questions before we end this podcast (laughs) at Ryback 22 from TJ at TJ 91. So people great listening to this podcast. If you want to reply to at TJ 91, Feel free to go ahead and message him on his uh, timeline. I'm feeling this is going to be a very nice, positive question. At Ryback22, why did you greedily demand more money? You are a bad wrestler, mm-hmm. terrible on the mic, yep. and a complete bore to watch. Hashtag Rybotch. Dear TJ91, 
<laughs> I did not demand more money, so I do not know where you're getting your information from. You are a bad wrestler. Please provide me proof that is showing that I am a bad wrestler. I am terrible on the mic. I completely disagree with you. I think you are terrible at life. <laughs> and you are a complete bore to watch. Well, I appreciate you spending the time to apply to me on my timeline. Hashtag Rybotch. The name is Ryback. It is now my legal name. So fuck you. <laughs> the other question, summing this up, from, <laughs> from TJ91 once again, <laughs> has decided to leave multiple messages uh, at Ryback22. Roids. Yes. Dude couldn't even lift up Paul Heyman. I do know the match you're talking about. It was a live event in Connecticut. Paul Heyman, I was supposed to, after a punk match with a DQ, mm-hmm. Paul, I was supposed to pick him up for shell shock. And at that time, I started tucking my head with the guys because of this, actually. Paul, what, he goes, oh, just pick me up out there. I go, Paul, oh, you are not built like a normal human being. And by that, I mean you have an enormously fucking fat stomach. Yeah. But I was very nice about the situation. And he's, ah, oh, you can just pick me up out there. So I, and I knew better. I should have tucked my head under him. And when I picked him up, and I get out there to go pick him up, and he's pitter-pattering his feet. He's fucking all over Flailing, the place. Yeah. He'll admit he's the most unathletic fucking human being in the entire world. Mm-hmm. And, and I actually respect and like Paul a lot more now after we've cleared the air years ago over different bullshit issues. But he... I go to pick him up, and his fat fucking stomach hits me in the forehead. I couldn't clear the fucking two feet of stomach over my head. Oh, my God. I, at that time, I was picking guys up and then ducking my head under, which was actually hurting my spine and my neck, yeah. which is a whole other fucking conversation. But so that happens. And he goes, oh, God. And I, I had to say, literally go, God damn it, Paul, just sit fucking still, which the crowd heard me just, and then I fucking boom, pick him up, hit him with the deal. Everybody goes, I'm happy. But that is what he is referring to. And I did pick him up. So fuck you, man, this TJ guy, you are going to be blocked very shortly, buddy. But I do wish you the best for your life, and uh, I think we're good with this episode. Yeah, we're 50 minutes in. Uh, you can follow me at Buck Never Stops on Twitter, WrestleProOnline.com for all your New York, New Jersey, independent bullshit. Uh, yeah, that's it. Until next week. Yep. Check the big guy out at FeedMeMore.com. You got at Ryback22 at Twitter, at the big guy Ryback22 on Instagram, and Ryback247 on Snapchat. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Conversation with the Big Guy. The clock's ticking away, and so are your chances to score $1,500 in available bonuses on a new 2017 Jetta or Passat during the Volkswagen Model Year-End event. So visit your Volkswagen dealer for a test drive today. Volkswagen of America, Inc. will pay a $1,500 bonus comprised of a $1,000 Volkswagen bonus and an additional $500 August bonus when you purchase or lease a new, unused 2017 Jetta or Passat model through a participating dealer from August 1st, 2017 to September 5th, 2017. Bonus applied toward MSRP and is not available for cash. Fleet customers are not eligible. See your local Volkswagen dealer or, for general product information, call 1-800-DRIVE-VW.